Can you feel it, Mr. Krabs? Don't forget your briefcase! So this is the thanks I get for working overtime. <laughs> That's me every week. <laughs> every. You are Patrick Star. But it's more of a blood-curdling scream on my end. Overtime! <laughs> I turn into Dr. Roxo, the cocaine clown! Went from Spongebob to cocaine. Well, that's not a big leap, but... No! Very entertaining. The, the gentlemen who created that show have done so many drugs... Oh, Metalocalypse? Well, that too. Oh. <laughs> and that's SpongeBob. I couldn't name you a single creative person responsible for like the actual direction and animation of that show. All I know is Tom Kenny and the... I can't actually remember the guy's name who voices Patrick. I just know he's the guy from Coach and he's uh, Marshall's dad Marshall's from I Met Your Mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. This is Cosmic Crusade Podcast. We're talking about Spongebob today. I'm E.J. Olson. This is Nick Durheim. <laughs> we don't really have an agenda today, man. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, nice. Topical. Spongebob <laughs> intro. How'd you guys like that? See, I'm talking to them from the past, but it's the future. It's crazy. Aye, aye, Captain. Hey, he did it again. Nick, we really don't have much to talk about. We have just a bunch of little, little bits of pieces here and there, but I want to start off with the Detective Pikachu trailer, because I literally just watched it before we started. I watched you watch it. I've got things to say about it. Tell me about the things that you want to say about it. <laughs> the good, the bad, the ugly. It is all those things. <laughs> before we dive into that, though, I actually want to do one thing, and that is tell you all that you can find us on Twitter at console underscore crusade. You can find Nick at Prestel Death. You can find me at Ejiggle. Of course, you can email us at feedback at console <laughs> <laughs> I got distracted. That's such a dramatic intro, and then you just completely. <laughs> nice. I, got, I got distracted by you finding something foreign in the bottom of your glass mid drink, and you stopped and you looked at it quizzically. What was in your drink? Yo, do you ever have like ice in your glass, and you go to take a drink, and the ice is all stuck at the bottom, and you're just like, "Oh, this is bad news. It's all gonna come splashing down, and you're gonna get schmuckus all over your your beautiful mustache." Badness. Anyway, feedback at consolecrusade.com is where you can find us. I actually, we do have some listener mail briefly. A listener wrote in and said, Dragon Lady was in Blackthorn, that's all. Now that you say that, a listener, I should have known that. And Nick, when you said Olivine City, I was like, that's so not right, but I don't know what it is, so let's move on. <laughs> yeah, that's wrong. Anyway. Now uh, that we're actually recording, I can't even remember what Olivine was. I get it mixed up with the Lighthouse City or steel. the city with the Ice Dude. Olivine was the was the Price? lighthouse. Lighthouse, okay. With the steel, right? Get the skarmory or whatever? Or is that a different Jazz Jasmine? Yeah, that sounds right. I don't think she had a skarmory. I think she just had a Steelix and one other Pokemon. She has Steelix and a Magneton. No, she had an, a, a sick Pokemon. But she had like she had like two Pokemon. But she had like a sick Pokemon and that was the whole thing you're helping her. It was like a electric Pokemon or something. I don't remember now. Oh, you're talking about the Ampharos in the lighthouse? Yeah. Yeah. Weird, dude. I don't know, man. I'm a sick, old. A uh, dragon that evolved from a sheep. It's, I can get down with that. It's just Before bizarre. that, though, you got to go over to, uh, what was the name of the city with um, the fighting gym? You spend zero time there in the game, so like I hardly remember it. I just remember the guy, the Polyrath. 
Yeah, um, I want to say Bruno, but that was Elite Four from from Kanto. That's not it. I'm just trying to get the city name. Something Wood. Was it that basic? I think it's got I, Wood. I, in I it. feel like it was. I yeah. think you're right. All I remember about that island. Well, a there's a there's a fisherman there. I think who gives you a rod if you go into his yeah, home. I think you get the either the super or the ultra rod. You must get that there. And then uh, if you go north, there are rocks to smash. And I caught yeah, shuckle. No, what did I? What did I? What did I catch? I caught a. I caught a shuckle there, and I was highly disappointed. That is an awful Pokemon. Terrible Pokemon. Who's the fighter? Little man with boxing gloves who turns into the, Tyrogue? the big guy. No, 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 no. Tyrogue's cool. This guy's not. He turns into... Uh, if you're thinking of Makahita, that's from Ruby and Sapphire. Was it? Yeah. The weird yellow bag man. <laughs> it was like Majin Buu with... Horiyama or something? Horiyama. Horiyama. That's Horiyama. Right. Okay, now I need to know... There's not a lot. I mean, you get like Tyrogue and Hitmontop. Those are the only two I can think of at the top of my head. Maybe it wasn't fighting. Maybe I'm totally wrong. You know, I'm just, I'm just the only Pokemon I remember that you got from like smashing rocks was Shuckle. And you got like Pineco and uh, what was that? Palm? A Palm? You got those from sh- from headbutting trees? Don't get me wrong. I may not have caught him by smashing a rock. I just recall him being up there. You might have just fought him in the gym also because it was a fighting type gym. If you talk about fighting Pokemon. I'm literally thinking of the other Pokemon. It was Gen 3. I'm, I am, I'm mixing memories, man. This is how old I'm getting. Gen 3 had some cool Pokemon, dude. Oh, my goodness. I like, remember really liking the ghost Pokemon they added in that gen also. Dude, it's going to kill me if I don't know what Pokemon I'm confusing this with. There's only one ghost Pokemon in Gen 2. Pretty sure. Just mysterious. Can I tell you, I really like the baby Pokemon. They're adorable. They geeked me out as a kid. You remember that someone found a copy of the Pokemon demo, or like the alpha for gold and silver? And they found like sprites for baby versions of Pokemon that never got sprites or they never had like baby forms. Really? But there was a bunch of like random Pokemon that got cut and then eventually got inspired for other stuff later. Like I think that shark with the anchor tail had a sprite in gold and silver. I think Igglybuff looked different. Here we go. It's also the worst name for a Pokemon ever. It makes me want to vomit just saying it out loud. This is crazy. Unreleased second generation Pokemon found in early copies of gold and silver. Dude, this was like months ago. How do you not remember this? I vaguely do, but I don't. I don't, didn't see the sprites. Most notable are the Pokemon themselves. For instance, the Cyndaquil and Totodile starters and their evolutions didn't exist at this point. Instead, they were Flame Bear and Cruise. Flame Bear, Volbear, Dino Bear, Cruise, Aqua, Aquaria. Honestly, it looks so bad. They're obviously early rough versions, but I really like the Water Pokemon design more than the Feraligatr line. Well, I like the first two iterations. I don't really like the final evolution. It doesn't have arms. It's really weird. That is weird. Usually the second iteration of every starter trilogy is like the worst one. But we got baby versions of Vulpix, Tangela, right. Goldeen, Paris, Doduo, Meowth, Ponytail, Grimer, Growlithe, and Mr. Mime. Oh, the Mr. Mime is so weird little Eggman. Yeah, Mime Jr. I actually really like that design of Mime Jr. I forgot that uh, Meowth and Tangela had baby versions. That's weird. I guess Meowth was fairly popular in Japan because it's sort of like a cool reference to the money cat sort of cultural phenomenon that's really big in china and japan yeah very interesting very interesting all the uh pokemon sprites you could find it's crazy how this game evolved and there's also that um that art book that came out a little around that time also that had like drawings of all these pokemon the field guide what are you talking about talking about the art book that was like officially released that had a bunch of uh Unreleased designs of Pokemon. Oh, oh, I don't recall that. I thought you were talking about the fan gamer book. Nah, that's fake. Yeah, it's talking fake. about real stuff. Real stuff. Look it up. 
It's Real entertaining. Pokemon. It's good stuff. Just search like unreleased art Pokemon. Something from like two months ago, probably three months ago. Could be longer. Time moves differently now. <laughs> now that we're old <laughs> and miserable. What do you mean now that we're miserable? <laughs> Sorry, now that we're old. You're right. There you go. Thank you. List of unused Pokemon and character designs. Oh, dude, all these hand sketches. That's crazy. Yeah, I think they're all like actual Ken Sugimori drawings too. Whoa. I Okay, I, I vaguely recall this. Unnamed turtle. Unnamed creature. Wow. But you see what I'm talking about? The shark with the anchor tail? I think it's sick. Should just be like a pencil drawing, no color, right? There's a lot of that here. But it was recent. It was so recent. I'm on a Bulbapedia page, so it's it's very comprehensive. Yeah, the, the sketches of the uh, battle screen and the menu layout. Very interesting. But anyway, all this Pokemon talk. We were going to talk about uh, Detective Pikachu. The trailer dropped. Nick, I, I, I don't know how to feel about this. Okay. Part of me really wants to enjoy it, right? That, you know, six-year-old EJ from 20 years ago really wants to, like, just dive into this idea of real-life Pokemon coexisting with humans. But there's a lot not great about that trailer. So you texted the group chat and you were like, this looks bad good. Talk to me about this trailer a bit. Well, I don't know if this was confirmed or talked about beforehand, but the Pokemon are going for the really, really weird, hyper-realistic kind of design that for some reason blew up in popularity like maybe 12 years ago on like image boards where people photoshop homer simpson as a person and it was disgusting <laughs> and awful but people did that with like pikachu and like all this other stuff too where they would just take a, a mouse and just add red cheeks to it and make it disgusting this isn't hyper realistic to me though like they still clearly it isn't because we can tell it's cg and it's it's actually fairly close to the like design philosophies of the pokemon but like that Charizard had fangs. That Charizard's mouth looked like a like a, an animal's mouth. It didn't look like a Charizard's mouth. That Jigglypuff had hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's Pokemon a hybrid. Had never had hair before. It's a hybrid art style for sure. But like Pikachu is not a rat or a I would, mouse. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. This is the most realistic Pokemon yeah, ever going to be. Yeah, they are. There's there's this weird middle ground they're going for, and I think that is the problem. If they were going to be uncanny and frightening like this, you should have just gone all into the animal thing and made them all legitimate animals. But they're not. They're Pokemon. They're animals. But they're not. There's no animals in Pokemon. They're all just Pokemon. They're animals. We call them it's Pokemon. Weird. Humans are evolutions of Pokemon for, or something in the actual canon. It's disgusting. And I don't want to talk about Arceus or whatever. <laughs> people are animals, but they're also people. Pokemon aren't animals because they're also people. Because people aren't animals. We are animals, whatever. dude. Whatever. I don't know. I'm just saying. Literally. All I'm saying is that they are roughly based on animals, but they are not animals because Pikachu is not a rat. Look at him. There's nothing rat-like about that freaking Pokemon, okay? What rat have you ever seen in your life that you're like, man, that kind of looks like a Pikachu? None. Zero rats. Okay, he's not a rat. He's a rodent. He's a subspecies. He doesn't even have buck teeth. That rodents. is like a defining trait of rodents. I, I feel like that is kind of racist because you're going off of a caricature. I'm going to be racist to rodents, okay? <laughs> that is my platform. Chuck E. Cheese does not represent the, the rat population at large. That's Let's leave Charles out of this, all right? Charles Esquire <laughs> Cheese. Uh, anyway, I don't know, man. The, the art style is very uncanny. It was really hard for me to, to take it I seriously. I think my actual least favorite part of this, but I also still like, 
is Ryan Reynolds being involved with it. I like for like the meme value, but it's the worst part about this trailer. I don't even like it for the meme value. I just like it because I have always liked Ryan Reynolds. I know he blew up in popularity because of Deadpool, but like even before that, I was a big fan of it, him and like random rom-coms and crap. And he just seems like he cares about the projects that he's involved in. And I appreciate that also. Like sure. without him, Deadpool wouldn't be around. And I think that's what makes him very likable as a person. In addition to him being like a hot dude who's also funny. It's just not fair. But him is this like grizzled detective. I don't see because he still sounds like he's 10 years old despite being a grown man. <laughs> the problem with, with his casting is that Ryan Reynolds is nobody but Ryan Reynolds. Right. Like Deadpool is just Ryan Reynolds in a mask. Yeah, which is fine because that's what that character should be. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with it, but now when I'm listening to Pikachu talk, I'm just hearing Deadpool and it's just it's not right and it takes you out. You don't want this is why when the whole the bit about Danny DeVito That would have been really funny. It would have been fucking hilarious, <laughs> but it would be bad. Like you don't want a recognizable voice. I disagree. I think it could be really funny <laughs> if they if they played into that if they leaned into that super hard. Like imagine if they got like Patrick Stewart to be Detective Pikachu. <laughs> Patrick Stewart, though, while he is an icon and he is recognizable, it's not recognizable in the sense... He played himself in uh, American Dad. They even modeled his character after him. He was just like a weird uh, caricature of himself. You can listen to his voice during a voiceover and not just say, oh, that's Patrick Stewart and nobody else. You'd be like, what's Professor X doing in this Pikachu movie? No, I totally disagree. What is Picard doing in this Pikachu movie? One of my issues with like what Disney has done with all of their Miyazaki films is they've revoiced even the ones that had English dubs already, they revoiced them all and they cast just like all star casts. But it's like I can't listen to that and not hear, you know, Anna Paquin and John Krasinski and Mark Hamill's a good choice though. Mark Hamill but yeah, because he he's an Mark actual Hamill's voice actor. A real voice actor. <laughs> I know what you're saying. But you know, it's just like it takes me out because all I can hear is these like really fucking lukewarm, half-ass celebrity. I think it works for kids movies though because we I think we've all done this where we're listening to a movie and we're like, oh, who's that actor? Like we know who that actor is. And you're like, oh, it's this guy. And then it's like a cool sort of revelation once you figure it out. Yeah. And for the kids, they don't care. I mean, it's just a, a cute, fuzzy Pikachu that's making funny jokes and, jokes and funny sounds making the happen in the mouth and... What are they doing with that, Mr. Mime? They're interrogating him. Oh, it's good physical, visual comedy, you know? I feel like you should they watch your phrase in there. to prevent them from, from interrogating him heavier. That was that was the one part of the trailer that I actually really enjoyed. That was like, that made me chuckle a little bit. That was good. It was a good bit. It was a good bit. It's going to be, it's going to be killed. Like, people are going to over talk about that. It's going to be like the uh, DMV from Zootopia all over again. Ugh. That wasn't even funny in the trailers, though. I know, but it was fine in the movie, and then everyone, that's all anyone remembers from that movie for some reason. Well, it wasn't a particularly Despite countless good movie. Breaking Bad references. Were there? Yeah, dude. Like, those sheep that are manufacturing the drug in the van. I think their names are based on uh, Walter and Jesse. Like, I think it's Walter, and um, I don't remember the Jesse stand-in was. Walter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty so sure. Like, it's a pun like that where it's like, oh. It all makes sense. I would rather watch Detective Pikachu than Despicable Me 3 or something of that ilk. Children are fucking stupid. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. So we still we don't have a rating on Detective Pikachu, but you're right. It's a kid's movie. It's going to be anti children. PG tops. Yeah, 100%. Well, they don't even make G movies anymore, do they? I don't know. Probably. I don't know, man. Can't you say ass in PG movies now? 
you could say a lot of stuff in PG movies. Remember Shrek? They said like yeah. shit and hell. They didn't and ass. say shit. There's no way they said shit. They definitely said shit. I don't know, man. I am seventy five percent sure. No, I don't. I just I, I recently watched Shrek. I don't think they said shit, but they definitely said ass. They had a character named Fuckwad. <laughs> Farquad, dude. Come on. <laughs> Lord Fuckwad. Yeah, they make a small dick joke about him because of his giant castle. <laughs> there was actually a lot of really inappropriate references in that in that movie. I also I still love when they go to uh, what's the name of the, the tit the town the tit the tan the tit the town something lot. Oh, what was it? I can't remember, dude. Or is it? I'm trying to think of the song. You know where they they shine your shoes, wipe your face <laughs> it's like do lot i think it's do lot do lot something like that Doolot is the first but then right next to it it's got parking lot <laughs> i uh i watched that with sarah like a few months ago and she knew that entire song the welcome song that plays at the reception uh, when you first go in she sang the whole thing i was like oh sarah get a hobby i saw that movie a hundred times when she was a kid just like the rest of humanity at that age. <laughs> I have this vague recollection, and I, this could be totally manufactured, but this vague recollection of seeing Shrek and Like Mike back-to-back with my Aunt Rachel as a wee boy. Did those Were those contemporaries? Let's fucking I feel find like out. Like Mike was earlier. Shrek was 2001, wasn't it? Oh, Like Mike was I saw earlier. that for someone's birthday. Like Mike was 02. Oh, so it was later. I thought that was 90s. Shrek was 01. Was it September or August? April. The movies are a year apart. April, okay. Hmm. So I thought I went to that for my friend Aaron's birthday party. Could have been someone else's birthday party, but I remember going to that and then going to Borders for some reason. You know how memories work. They're all fake. None of it actually happened the way we think they did. You're not wrong. But this is a movie, again, that you said was looked good, bad. Are you going to w- go see this movie, ironically? or I wanted to go see Venom, but I think that's behind us now um yeah it's i mean i was i was in portland the weekend it released we could have gone but we didn't i didn't even see you that weekend no i swear you did unless you bailed on me no i think that was one of the weekends that i bailed on you that's rough dude that's yeah well that's rough what happens man. i come up and i'm like my only priority is seeing nick while i'm home well she get your priorities in order <laughs> and you do things like sleep hell yeah sometimes <laughs> you just go dark and i don't hear from you well, yeah, you know, sometimes, sometimes you just gotta, you gotta do that. You just gotta, you just communicate with your boy. Damn, I drive, I drive six hours north for you. <laughs> I drive nine hours from Eugene for you. Look, you never asked me if you want me, if you want. I don't say it. <sighs> Spit it out. <laughs> I don't want to hang out at my house, and I don't think you want to hang out at your house. So we just end up getting Thai food. Then it's okay. Bye. Just fine. But it's like I don't want to leave my house. Sometimes, sometimes you just want to lay in bed and just. Be a depressed piece of shit, you know? Dude, that's literally my existence, Nick. Yeah, so you can you vibe it. We had you plans to see Venom, man. You bailed on me. I'll stick to it. And I'm gonna I'm not gonna make plans to you see know to take Pikachu with you. I'm not going to. I went and saw after the burial and the acacia strain. You fuck. You and fuck. I bought you ticket a ticket th- three months in advance. You're right. You're right. So, you know, it happens. I'm not like It'd work. You couldn't get it off. Didn't try to get it off until the day before or whatever. <laughs> well, uh, I have to pick and choose when I request days off at work because there's such assholes about it. I couldn't even take a fucking emergency dental appointment without everybody freaking out. Like, what? what's he doing? Why is he taking time off? None of your fucking business. 
Y'all don't fucking pay me to not be at work, so shut the fuck up and leave me alone about it. I got a goddamn dentist appointment. Back off. It's not your fucking business. If I would, if I was PTO, then I would feel obligated to explain myself. All that matters is that you don't have to fucking pay me, so shut the fuck up and let me deal with my business. I'm a grown-ass man. I got big balls. That's why you go to the dentist. They're, all the, they're in all the wrong places. <laughs> okay, whatever. Fuck this movie. I have an article open here that says, Every Pokemon hit in the first trailer. Really not that many. Some weird kind of choices, though. Like, you saw that Sinnoh poster on his wall? I didn't pay that close attention. There's a Charmander here. There's, like, a... Some bird There's, like, a Pokemon. Doduo. You saw those uh, Bulbasaur's walking around. There's that Squirtle that's missing. Dodrio, On that dude. poster. Dodrio? I thought it was Doduo. I see three heads, bro. I didn't, I didn't catch the feathers. In the Fight Club, there's a promotional uh, poster for a fight between an Articuno and a Steelix. I don't get what they're doing with the art style, man. Some of them, like, Psyduck looks like a fucking retarded duck. Psyduck looks pretty terrifying. I love it. <laughs> it looks like Howard the Duck. Like, Pikachu looks like Pikachu. Yeah, Psyduck looks fucked up, dude. I don't know, man. They probably had them all look that gross and weird at first, but then Pokemon Company's like, no, we have to make at least one of them cute. <laughs> Otherwise, no child would go see this horrifying, like, monstrosity of a movie. I like this idea that they are fighting just pitting single Pokemon against each other. It's less about the trainer and it's the Pokemon or the event themselves. You know, Dragonite versus Hypno, Articuna versus Steelix. Well, yeah, it's a fight club. It's like this weird CD underbelly sort of event. Like, I think they're in, uh, surrounded by a cage. <laughs> oh, the Pikachu is adorable. Why is he got to be voiced by a twat like Ryan Reynolds? Why? I like Ryan Reynolds. I get what you're saying, though. <sighs> oh, Pancham. Adorable. He's missing. That sucks. Like, Pikachu kind of looks like a creature, and then Squirtle is literally just a 3D render of fucking Squirtle. Like, I just don't get it. They're, it's just not, they're not consistent. Because Squirtle's not fuzzy. It's probably just the hair. What are the, what are the rules of this universe? You know what I mean? I don't understand. You're going to have to see the movie to find out, EJ. The deep lore to Detective Pikachu, because you're clearly never going to play the game, and neither will I. This literally looks like just a fucking Pokemon Go, and then you get to weird furry Jigglypuff. Looks like a shitty Furby. But, like, Bulbasaur looks like, again, it's Pokemon Go. I just don't get it. It's the hair. Jigglypuff's got weird hair. Bulbasaur ain't got hair because it's a lizard with, with, a, with a cool flower on his back. Hella Greninjas, dude. The Greninjas, that was a cool little scene. Reminded me of Smash Bros. And also, the, the song that they're playing is the same song they used in the original Smash Bros. Uh, N64 commercial, which was awesome. I love that song. So happy together. That got memed pretty hard this week. Yeah, seriously. I'm sure you follow a lot of the same people that I do, but like it was just covering my feed with just half of them were like fine. 45% of them were dumb and bad, but then there was 5% that were just like super well done and awesome. Like I'm sure you saw the uh, Don't Stop Me Now one. I think that was the biggest one. I did not see that one. You know the Queen song? Yeah. Like there's just, it fits the tempo and then all the lyrics are like, very representative of what's going on on the screen. Okay. Like when the, the Mr. Fahrenheit is when Charizard comes out of the, the Pokeball and then make a supersonic man out of you. Sonic is on the screen. Going at the speed of light is when Donkey Kong punches Captain Falcon. Like there's a bunch of like yeah. little things that line up perfectly. That's nice. I was to check it How out. How genius was it for them to release that like trailer without any music and then it just got memed hard. I mean, got no, way more reach without music than it would have if it had music. That couldn't have been by design. It just was a thing. By the way, 
You're looking particularly adorable. Your hair's at a good length. Your beard is nice and shapely. You got this fucking crew neck going on with the light blue. The light blue's a good color on you. I haven't showered in two days. I got that that sheen, you know? <laughs> you're just you're slightly shiny, a little waxy. Yeah, that shininess. I got the bed head going. Yeah. You, you look fresh. You look new. Right out of the box. Don't feel that way. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> preach. Well, anyway, Detective Pikachu, fuck that shit. Dude, of course, this is not a, a comic book podcast, but Stanley passed away today. Dude, seriously, the hits just kept hitting this morning. Let me tell you, Stanley, my greatest memories of that man are directly tied to video games and the voiceovers he did in my favorite childhood Spider-Man games. Oh, man. Were they really bad and lazy like the Tobey Maguire voiceover? No, 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 no. It was great. Stanley was such a character. And when I was six, seven years old, I knew it then. Excelsior, true believers. Exactly. <laughs> you know, he, he narrated the opening bit of, of that one Spider-Man game during the tutorial. It was like comic book panels flipping around too. I'm sure they leaned pretty hard into that. Yeah, I did. It was it was great. So so it was weird that, you know, everyone's saying, Oh, I'm gonna miss his cameos and I'm gonna you know Yeah, that was what he's come to be known for as a ninety some year old. But I'll always remember, you know. There's a there's a video I need to show you that's him hanging out with uh, what's the guy Rob Liefeld and um, Todd McFarlane, and they're like uh, drawing a character and designing a character on the fly, and he's like narrating and just giving them a bunch of shit. And like at the very end, like the most perfect thing happens where like they finish drawing the character. He's like, "How's this guy gonna move? You know, he's too bulky. You need to have some anti gravity powers just to get around." It's like, why don't you draw that foot? <laughs> Like Rob Liefeld has to draw this really awful writing. It's so gross. <laughs> Check that out. It's too perfect. I don't get uh, how this man can't draw feet. You know, most great artists have like their foil where they 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 can't get a certain feature uh, of the human anatomy correct. It's like that guy only draws pecs and like really detailed arm muscles, but never figured out a foot. Yeah, if you can get your titties right, you, like you can draw anything. Stanley, he his his most recent and presumably last video game cameo was in Insomniac Spider Man. Uh, he played uh, uh, not a restaurant owner. Yeah, he was like the the guy at the diner. Yeah, uh, at MJ and Peter's favorite diner, and they get back together, or they are together physically at the restaurant for the first time in a long time. And he said, "Oh, I'm so glad to see you two kids together again," and sees them off as they leave, and oh. Very cool. Very cool. But I, I bring that up only because, you know, like I said, my memories, my first memories and strongest memories of him are, are from one of my favorite games growing up. Yeah. I mean, how dare you stray off topic on this yeah, yeah, highly yeah. serious video game podcast? <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, his voice is so iconic. He's also, he's been 95 years old for the past 30 years. Literally, dude. Like, it was weird. I was thinking, I was like, 95. So his first Marvel cameo, he was only 85. He was so young then. You know, not first Marvel cameo, but first MCU cameo. Yeah, I was going to say, he was in those Tobey Maguire movies. Oh, yeah. He went back all the way back to the, yeah. And his wife. Yeah. She passed away. But she passed away last year, right? Is that just last year? Wow. I think it was last year. It might have. I thought it was end of last year. Yeah. And then everyone's like, oh, man, don't pull a Carrie Fisher on us. Ooh. When you're that old and your spouse dies, that tends to greatly impact you. But the thing about Stan Lee, man. Gunned down in his prime, you know, 95 years old, so. <laughs> he died too young. Uh, Only the good die young. Uh, live fast, leave a uh, sexy corpse, as my man Stanley from The Office always says. You should say something else, as the quote goes in Futurama. 
<laughs> nice. Uh, dude, Prima Games shutting down. Ripperoni 2. And I'm, I'm, I'm jumping straight to this, not because the death of something beloved, but because Stan Lee and Prima are articles right next to each other on the website I am currently on. <laughs> so. Nice. Nice. Just feeding right into that algorithm. How do you feel about this? I mean, practicality aside, of course they're dying. I'm shocked it took this long. Yeah, that's like my obvious first take is like... Yeah, of course. How are they even staying afloat? I mean, they must have done okay with like collector's editions and like art books and that kind of stuff. There's a still like a hardcore market of like collectors out there. So yeah. they want that physical media. They want coffee table books. You can attest to this. Guides are still pretty cool. Some, yeah. If you're like into the, if you're into the series, if you're into the game, if it has the cool art, like, I, you know, I've been playing Golden Sun, Golden Sun 2 and leafing through that combo strategy guide. Yeah. And it is not a well put together guide. No. The guide is bad. It reuses the same pieces of art like every four pages. There are worse guides and <laughs> yeah. it's suitable, but it's not a good guide. Yeah. And I wonder if their quality had waned or I'm sure it got better. I mean, it seems like all video game writing has gotten better over the past 20 years. It's just inevitable. It, they were still hit or miss. Like, this is what makes me really bummed out because due to the nature of video games, they, they change so rapidly. You know, what you get on day one is not what you have on, on day 30 or 300. Right. You know, like I bought the, the beautiful collector's edition for Breath of the Wild. Well, that game got DLC, you know, in a couple of patches. Next thing you know, it's a different game. It's not relevant. Well, I mean, it's the same game. That's not as drastic as a lot of other cases that I've heard of. No, sure. It's not like they changed the physics in the patch or moved around Korok seeds or whatever. They just made the frame rate better and added new like new shrines. Yeah. Things like Skyrim Legendary Edition for a game that has been out forever and is not changing anymore. It's cool, but that guy sucked. It wasn't particularly pretty. The, the art wasn't very prominent. It just was very dense and factual. And that, that's not what I want in a guide. I want something... Here's all the item descriptions in the game. Right. I want something... Here's a great example is The Witcher 3 Collector's Edition. I bought The Witcher uh, just a few months after the game came out, and I bought the strategy guide, and I used it for everything from looking up formulas and, and checking my item stats and, like, reading of the bestiary, right? Because it was honestly just so satisfying to whip out this tome and beautifully put together. Great little package. The art was awesome. The descriptions were great. It was, like, genuinely an addition it added to my experience where some of them just, they just don't. And that was great. But then all the DLC and the patches and all these changes, but then they released the, the comprehensive, like once the game is done, done, they released the special edition game of the year edition or what the fuck ever. Right. Cause that's gotta be another thing where, you know, if you're making this like physical good, you're kind of appealing to a crowd that would buy the game physically. And a lot of those people are buying the game like day one. Yeah. So you have to have this guide out on the day of. So you're working with the developer, the publisher to get like early access. And you got to crank out this guide in two weeks. You kidding me? For The Witcher 3? Go, get out of town. It's right? tough. You're going to miss something. Something's going to get slipped through the cracks. You're going to have to, you know, glaze over stuff that you would, in other terms, you know, dive into more depth. You know, I'm bummed about this just because even up until a few months ago, I was still buying strategy guides for new games. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you are if you were planning on getting the Smash Bros. guide because they've got the hardcover and the paperback versions. I considered it, but 
you know, I bought the Smash 4 guide and I didn't use it at all. Not even because it wasn't particularly nice to thumb through. That's a like, bummer. I had the uh, Smash 64 guide and that was awesome because I had better renders of the uh, the art. Right. Because you remember the box for, oh, I don't know if you remember, but if you've seen the box for Smash 64 yeah, with like the cool cartoony drawings, I loved that. That was so cool. And that was like prevalent throughout the entire guide. Oh, really? So that was awesome. Yeah. Ah, got to find me one of those. No, the old guides, you know, I have a huge strategy guide collection. It's absurd. I mean, I have so many of them. I was going through them in the garage. It collapsed a fucking Walmart table in my garage. And, uh, you know, I, I just, whenever I find them, I pick them up. Whether I'm at the expo or a Goodwill, I, I just buy them indiscriminately. Also, the, something I really like about old guides is also little, like, random little tidbits. I like it when they get something wrong and you know, and you're like, that's funny. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure in the Smash Bros. guide, the writer said that Jigglypuff's down B didn't do anything. Like it was a troll move. Really? And they just didn't figure out that it had a hitbox. It's very interesting. You know, you see a lot of like gaming websites writing guides now, right? That's like, like you know, IGN, that's their biggest thing. Yeah, it's their, it's like their second biggest thing probably. Right. Maybe. I don't know. Probably their biggest actually. If you think about just traffic, it'd yeah. probably be guides, then reviews, then news. Yeah. You know, they, they have people on it right at the game game's outset. As soon as they get their copy, they're playing through and trying to discover every little secret. And it's like, how do you know those guides are comprehensive? You just got to keep pushing, you know, and once you find out something that isn't in your guide, you add it. That's like the best thing about having an online medium is that you can update it. Right. But at once upon a time, this was just one or two people doing it for their books. And it's not like Nintendo was proofreading this thing to make sure it was fucking accurate. And also it was outsourced. Like I was listening to a podcast, they're talking about uh, one of the guys from IGN actually wrote that guide for Super Smash Brothers. Oh, really? As like a side gig before he even got, like he was just freelance. You're not getting paid to run your little fan site in 1997. Right. Oh, no. You know? I do know. My fan site in 97 was just a Microsoft front page website with a couple of GIFs. <laughs> so since this Golden Sun guy, okay, I'm playing through Golden Sun too. The guide doesn't have a map. Are you sure it wasn't initially there, but it got ripped out or something? There is no map. <laughs> well, I don't know there? if there ever was one, but there is no map. So I went online, typed in golden sun to map. I get a nice little PNG, has everything labeled, all the location names, all, everything I could ever possibly need from a map. Yeah. And it's being hosted on tripod.com. <laughs> Ooh. What year I is found it? someone's tripod site from 2004. It was still active, still active, still up, still paying, still paying for that hosting. In 1999 a year, who, 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 and why? I don't know, but bless them. So now Jesus. I can find out where that rusty iron sword is. Well, the one thing about strategy guys now, Nick, is that they are becoming just strictly collectors' items. And you get things like Fangamer doing not just, you know, they did like their Earthbound and their Mother 3 guides, and they're not just strict, you know, walkthroughs. They are very lovingly crafted with bios and artwork. And, you know, even like the second uh, for, for Earthbound, they actually did a, a tour guide. So it was kind of like lore friendly, this little bit they did, and to really make this like unique, immersive package. So I really respect that and, and want to see more of that. And so I don't know what Prima's, you know, what's going to happen to them now that they're they're shutting their doors. Is it, are they going to evolve into something smaller or is it just done and now there's going to be this void to fill for, you know, 
a specialized group potentially to start manufacturing these limited run packages. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder because they ended up being swept up into that merger of Random House and Penguins. So those are like, that's who publishes books. Like it's them. Right. Pretty much. And Prima as a brand wasn't only doing game guides. Like Prima also did like cookbooks, I think. They did other random. (laughs) What? Like guides, like for dummies basically kind of stuff. Huh. So I don't know if this is just Prima, the, the imprint in general, or if it's just Prima Games or what. Or even how many of their stuff was internally written, or if they just freelanced it out and then published. Like, I don't know any, what their business model was, but I th- think that you're right that there is still a market, and it's going to be closer to what FanGamer did with Earthbound and Mother, where it's not about here's how to beat the game, because if you needed that, you've got a smartphone, you've got the internet at your fingertips, you can right. find a YouTube guide it's for anything. It's still a component. It's still a component to. Well, yeah, to, you still want to like read about it, but like something I think that we don't really give guides that much credit for, or I don't know, but I have very distinct memories of reading through guides as sort of a replacement of playing the game. Like, I don't want to play through Donkey Kong country again, but I'm going to go through this guide and be like, yeah, this is part of the level. It's like, you're playing the game in your mind. I did that a lot. <laughs> okay. With guides where it's just like you read through the guide as like a replacement of playing the game. I, I always use in the supplement in my experience you know, you read the guide and you get art you'd never seen before. You would get lore and 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 odd little bits of trivia that you would have never known otherwise. And it comes from a time before this unprecedented access to the internet. So while I had the internet and I could look stuff up, it was the guide was like this definitive source of knowledge that I, I couldn't really, you know, acquire anywhere else. And so I'd go to the library and check out, you know, I remember checking out Pokemon guides at the library I think I still have my red and blue guide somewhere. Wasn't that the one that had the... No, that was... Was that something else that had the stickers in the back? Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, yes, that's half of them. Well, there was one that had like uh, stickers of the sprites. But yeah, I do have a, a red and blue guide that has the cover with the Ken Sugimori, like grid oh, character art. Yeah, great. Prima really fought to try and keep that brand alive. You know, started offering digital guides. They sold, they sold books or uh, guides on Steam for a while. I don't know if that was still going on at the time of their this announcement but i know people who bought uh who bought digital guides and used them yeah i mean a lot of them now like when you bought the physical guide that come with the e-guide and they were trying to push people to that platform uh and it just never took off because of just how niche it is you know and they bought brady games a few years ago like three years ago yeah and that was like their like main and only competitor wasn't it yeah and brady guides always sucked not that prima guides were always good either so it's I'm sure there was at least one good Brady Games guide. Growing up, it was like anything by Nintendo with the Nintendo Power branding was the go-to. Primo was your second best. And then you had like uh, Brady and you had like Versus Games, I think, which was not great. Did GameStop ever have like their own brand I guides? I wouldn't be shocked, but I, I wouldn't know what it was. Or like even, um, did they still ever sell guides at like rental stores, like at Blockbuster or Game Crazy or anything like that? Game Crazy, definitely. Uh, blockbuster i'm not sure yeah i mean it's funny i think the last guide i bought new was a hardcover guide for dark souls 3 from walmart i was with you (laughs) i remember we we got up and like there was no price on it and they were trying to figure out how much to charge you for it yeah it took forever where were we it was was at walmart (laughs) but was it at the our normal one or were we like out of town or something weird no i mean it was like 
Yeah, I think it was just in Troutdale. Yeah, it must have been weird, man. I don't know why we were there. And nor do I. Oh, were we buying? Were you buying like a controller or like a game? Wouldn't be shocked. You must have. You were buying something dumb that you shouldn't have bought. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and I was just with you. I think Trevor was with us too, and we were just like hanging out. And I saw the Dark Souls guy because we we're in that section. Clearly, it was by the video games. Yeah, you must have been buying like a controller. Uh, I don't know, man. That was a couple years ago. Or like an HDMI cord or something, you know. Something silly. This was for, it was for Rachel's and like something probably broke and you're like, well, bleh, fuck, I got to use the, the PS4. Oh, man. I miss just being able to go to Rachel's, set up my fucking games on that big old TV. You know what would be uh, even cooler is if you just lived up here. <laughs> yeah. It would also be cooler if someone would double my salary in my field and I could move to Portland and live comfortably the way I am currently. It would also be cool if you didn't work with uh, a bunch of schmucks. <laughs> uh, some of those schmucks listen to this podcast you hear that you schmucks i'm saying uh, yeah I don't you're, you're making a big fuss about those schmucks earlier maybe not those schmucks but maybe some other schmucks some schmucks uh is there anything you want to talk about i mean you have a list here diablo npd a couple of odds and ends i mean yeah diablo was just like the big kerfuffle that happened Ugh. two weeks ago oh i can't roll my eyes hard enough yeah, just a, a comedy of errors in my perspective. You think? I mean, it was just, for me, it was like everyone just being whiny bitches. Like, breaking news, giant game company decides to capitalize on the most prevalent market in the world, mobile. Yeah. Cha-ching. And they decide to announce it at their their own convention of hardcore PC gamers. Like, that's the dumbest thing they could have done. I just, I laughed. It was too funny. See, to me, it reads like... Hey, you know this thing that you love that's on every platform? Well, what about if you could play it while you're taking a fucking shit on your phone now? Like, I just don't see what's wrong with it. No one cried when Bethesda decided to make a card game on... on no one cried when, when Blizzard decided to make a card game on mobile. It came out on PC first. Why is it a problem when Diablo does it, but every other company can do it, and it's not a problem? It doesn't take away from those other products. You still have World of Warcraft. You still have Overwatch. You still have any fucking number of these huge games that have not been diminished one iota by them also making a wildly successful mobile game. Yeah, it's just a bad announcement to make at your convention. <sighs> Maybe. Just a bunch of fucking man-baby neckbeard bitches. Be like if uh, Bethesda released Fallout Shelter without announcing Fallout 4. Like, everyone would be pissed. Well, It'd yeah. Be like if they announced that Elder Scrolls game without confirming that Elder Scrolls 6 was happening. They'd be like, oh, great, we got Skyrim, a port, and now a phone game. If that was it, everyone would be pissed. I agree. I do agree. So, did they not announce anything else with with, with this Diablo? News? No, that was the only Diablo announcement. Uh, well, yeah. And it was the final thing. It was like their grand finale. Yikes. Okay. Learn to read a room. It was just bad. It was just bad. They could have they could have opened with that and everything would be fine because they announced other cool stuff. Well, whatever. I mean, I don't care about Overwatch characters or Hearthstone expansions or what have you, but like the Warcraft 3 Reforged thing is pretty neat. Like, they're doing a remake of Warcraft 3. Oh. It's, like, great. I mean, they did, with Star- did that with StarCraft, so whatever. But, like, it looks good. I also don't know, but... What I do just, you want? It's Blizzard. The internet really... They, they made a big stink about it, and I just rolled oh, my Oh, man, eyes. and it's so funny. Like, dude, I was... I saw, you know, scrolling through Reddit, as I want to do, and the Diablo subreddit popped up and there was like a post about this angry man trying to call, try to have a call to action, you know, like my brothers, we cannot let Bethesda do this to us. Wow. I can't believe they're making a mobile game with a Chinese company. It just looks like a clone of their other bad noun of nouns game. And we need a, we need a boycott Warcraft reforged. 
because this Diablo game is an affront to our sensibilities. And it was just really funny. I had a good chuckle. The whole thing's just been a really funny mess. <laughs> so Diablo is, is Blizzard developed and published by... I always forget now. Blizzard was their own thing, and then they got bought again by... They got bought along with Activision by Vivendi. And okay. And then, then they separated from Vivendi as Activision Blizzard, and Activision Blizzard is basically the parent company of Activision and Blizzard. Okay, okay. So Activision and Blizzard are separate, but also same, same. It's <laughs> very confusing. Right. I don't know. Like, what's the earning mean. reports are generally, like, lumped together, but, like, denoted. Okay. Kind of a thing. But, yeah, Diablo, I mean, basically, all, all of Blizzard's games have always been public or developed in-house, and now they're publishing a game, basically, by NetEase. It's a big Chinese, you know, company. Because, clearly, this is for China. Yeah. Everything is for China. China. Yeah, I mean, also, there's that, there's, like, a small kerfuffle about um, Rainbow Six Siege having some, like, things changed so that they could make it a unified platform and only develop one game as opposed to one game for the West and one game for China. Huh. So they like replaced a picture of a skeleton of like with a man wearing a mask because skeletons aren't allowed in China. China. And they replaced a sexy neon lady denoting a strip club with like a finger doing the come hither motion. And they're also like taking out some like slot machines because gambling is a, a big no, no. Ugh, China, get your fucking shit together. Which is, you know, weird and puritanical, but like people are complaining that they're changing my game. They're removing the skeleton from the game where I headshot people. <laughs> this is a weird thing. <laughs> it's absurd, man. It's the principle of the matter. It's the principle of the matter, dude. You know? You know you know that better than anyone. I fucking do. That was your motto for like two years of your life. It still is. I literally said it at work the other day. It's the fucking principle of the matter. It's not that I am in this current situation, incapable of figuring it out or doing X, Y, or Z, it's that I shouldn't fucking have to. And I need to take a principal stand in order to incite change. You're my principal. You're goddamn right. The other day at work, I had to do a voiceover, like a placeholder for, for this video we were editing. And so I did a voice read a couple times through. And I was like, I could be a video game character. If I were a video game character, what kind of character would I be? Do you want my joke answer? Or do you want like a real answer? I want both. <laughs> well, let me think about it for the real answer, but the joke answer that immediately came to mind was, you ever play Sly Cooper? No. Well, there's this turtle who wears glasses and is in a wheelchair. Wow. <laughs> wow. And he sounds like your typical, like, nasally nerd. <laughs> Sly. You know, he's just like <laughs> a huge dork. <laughs> I, can, I can be a huge dork. My voice cracks and I get to talk high. Ugh. You got your cute little, like, pseudo-lisp. My pseudo-lisp. You see, folks, the things I'm saying on this podcast? Sound like you're from Barcelona. Barcelona. I don't know, he said that like it's like a home star, but okay. I feel like I'd be like a bard in Skyrim, and I'd just be like... You're just in love with that one bard from Witcher. Dandelion or whatever? Yeah, no, Dandelion. He's kind of a twat. I think he's better in the book. I don't know. The I've, book. I've, I've only seen like a few character moments of him in three, and I don't know if he. Nobody's played Witcher two or one, so like, who cares? No. Is it crazy how The Witcher three came out of nowhere from a, from a developer no one gave a fuck about in a game series that six people gave a fuck about? Completely revamped the type of game it was, totally straight away from the first and second games, and it just was the biggest fucking RPG ever, and it's still in a lot of ways regarded as one of the best. Well, yeah, I mean, they picked up the mantle where everyone else had sort of like shrugged it off. 
I think that helps in a lot of ways. Yeah. I don't have the same confidence in their next title. <sighs> Not at all. It'll be Cy- interesting. Cyberpunk. I think it'll probably, I don't know. I don't think it, will it do better? Will it do? No. I think it could. Those games have long tails. People keep buying them. I just don't think that it has the brand recognition, even if it's a really good game. It's like The Witcher was still. I also think more people like a cyberpunk aesthetic over a kind of like like rote fantasy setting. Like who cares about some like gruff dude with a gravelly voice and a sword, you know? Did, Whatever. We, uh, did we bring up the Henry Cavill reveal on a podcast last week? No, and that was like rough. That was like a lighting test. I don't know why they even decided to show that. It doesn't look like he's wearing any makeup. I mean, he's got like kind of a five o'clock shadow, but like it doesn't look like final at all. It's like wearing a bad wig. It looked really bad, but he had the eyes and he had the complexion. Did he have the eyes? Yeah. I didn't even see that. Yeah. Wow. Like they done, they, they done did him up, man. It just looked really bad. I'm surprised, they're, I'm surprised they're doing the eyes, honestly, because that was like a big thing that Game of Thrones wanted to do the eyes for Daenerys, but they decided against it because it was it was too expensive to do it in like editing and contacts uh, with like, it was hard to act with the contacts in because like so much emotion and stuff is portrayed through the eyes that it was like messing with the, the actors. I don't know. I don't know. I think a lot of people wear contacts every single day, especially on movie sets. Yeah. Not colored contacts though. I don't know. Cause the way the colored contacts work is like, it literally is an opaque color because it has to cover up your natural eye color. It's not like it tints it. I don't know. Man. If you're going for yellow, I mean, you're basically brightening Henry Cavill's got like dark brown eyes, doesn't he? Uh, I don't know. If they're any color besides yellow, they're not going to look good <laughs> yeah. with a yellow like kind of, you're not like putting like a, like a transparency in there. It's not like an overhead projector that you're throwing on top of your no, eye. I know. Your I, I, I get it. It's just whatever, man. You're a fucking actor. You're getting paid to act. If that means you got to put some shitty contacts in and power your way through it like a fucking champ, that's what you do. No, I'm not saying that like the actors were complaining. It's just that they didn't look good. Oh, the acting was worse because their eyes didn't change. Like their eyes didn't dilate. You didn't see their eyes dilating because the colors were like a set, a fixed distance. They don't move like your eye moves. Your eye moves a lot. Uh, do it in post. What was, uh, what's your face's eye color supposed to be in game of Thrones? Purple. Oh, really? Like lavender. Yeah. There's one thing you could do to make her even sexier is give her fucking lavender eyes. Oh, yeah, there's like another character in the books that, um, is like a secret Targaryen, but, the guy's trying to cover his eyes looking purple by dyeing his hair like a like a bright blue so that it doesn't look as purple in comparison. Gotcha. It's used as a plot point. I don't know nearly enough about... Uh, Dude, it's like they couldn't get a green-eyed actor to play Harry Potter. Come on. Come on. You have your mother's eyes. No, you don't. I read no, the book. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. They had the budget for that shit. What were they doing, man? They wanted that kid. He was the best kid. Honestly, dude, seeing her CG'd with purple eyes. Oh, purple eyes, dude, are fucking hot. Why? It's exotic. I don't know why. I, I knew a, a a woman in my youth who w- had colored contacts. They were kind of bluish, purplish, and she would wear them to work. And I remember the first time I noticed, I was like, Sounds wow. like she had daddy issues. Oh, definitely, dude. I remember the first time I noticed, I was like, oh my God, your eyes are amazing. And like, it took me a minute to process like, oh, that's fucking fake as fuck. And I was like, you're wearing contact. And she's like, no, I'm not. Yeah, okay, good bit. <laughs> you got me for a sec. You don't have me going there. <laughs> it doesn't feel good to get got. You know, someone yanked my chain. They're cruising for a bruising now, buddy. Got chanked. Got chanked. Chain yanked. Chain chomp. Yomp. Let me read this thing to you. Okay. 
For Fallout 76, we have changed a lot, Todd Howard told GameStar this year. The game uses a new renderer, a new lighting system, and a new system for the landscape generation. For Starfield, even more of it changes. And for The Elder Scrolls 6, out there on the horizon even more. We like our editor. It allows us to create worlds really fast, and the modders know it really well. There are some elementary ways we create our games, and that will continue because that lets us be efficient, and we think it works best. That is uh, Todd Howard talking about using the same engine for their next three games. That tracks. I mean, I, I don't know. Is that news? Is that Are people upset by that? I think it's interesting. I also think it's obviously going to upset people because their games are awfully janky. Historically, they are awfully janky. But how much of that, I wonder, is because... I would say it's like it's like integral to the engine because it's a lot of the physics like sure you're getting like lights like lighting systems and like that kind of stuff but it's also the way objects interact and how they integrate the physics system and the way it handles like memory that is proven to be extremely problematic in the past but now that they have finally moved away from this old engine that like every fucking game in the last 12 years was made on it's the same engine that's what they're saying Oh, the, so the one they made fucking Skyrim on is the same one that they're making their next next generation. Since Fallout 3, it's been the same engine. What, what's coming that time span? Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, Skyrim, Fallout 4, Fallout 76. Oh, really? Okay. Because I thought for some reason that the older games, uh, Morrowind. It might be the older games also. I feel like it is. Or they were like they revamped the engine, you know, going into the, the, the mid late aughts prior to Skyrim, but fuck what what do i know i don't know you're right though they're all janky it's sort of a staple of bethesda games i I don't think that's i I think bethesda games would be better without that jank just because we've it's become synonymous and we've come to kind of love a lot of that nonsense i the games would be better and everyone would be happier if they just work properly and this is like look at like the witcher was notoriously bug free like it had it had issues don't get me wrong every game does to a point and it had a, a lot less like systems and physical interactivity. Yeah, like you weren't throwing cheese wheels off of roofs in The Witcher. And would this would yeah. Skyrim be worse if it didn't have that? If it just was less buggy? Probably not. It'd probably be better. People probably appreciate you know not having to wait ten seconds to walk into a building, or every time you walk into a new town or whatever. You know, we spin around this sword some more. That's all optimization. I can't imagine the next game will will have a lot of those issues. They'll have mm. been ironed out. I'm just saying, okay, your hopes up. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. Bethesda is doing a lot more. They're doing a lot bigger. Their team's a lot bigger. They've got more money. It just it stands to reason that they'll continue to improve and things will, you know, in 2025 when Elder Scrolls 6 comes out, you know. Well, it'll look like shit because it started development 10 years earlier, but, you know. I think... Uh Bethesda Game Studios proper is now three studios deep. Jesus. So I think those are all just working on the Bethesda as Bethesda properties like Fallout and Skyrim and right. now this new, or not Skyrim, but Elder Scrolls and now this new Starfield thing. Sort of rotating through pre-production and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So last thing I want to talk about, I messaged you about it last night. I was trying to consolidate my Switch. It's not going to be the last thing we talk about. Uh-oh. I consolidated my Switch stuff. I went out and bought a new stand, like a really tiny, cute little charging stand, very small. So now, in oh, my the case, insignia one that they have in Best Buy. Uh, no, no, it's it's first party. Oh, 
Yeah. Are you sure? 100% positive. Because Nintendo doesn't make first party stuff. It's probably just licensed. Well, Insignia one's licensed also. It's not Insignia. Well, max out of the beach. That's not. Talking about. Was that Insignia? think so. No, it would, if it was Insignia branded, it would be Insignia branded, but it's big old Nintendo Switch, Nintendo official logos and stuff. Um, not like any of the third-party docs I bought. I'm going to look it up right now just to verify. But was it like that one that Max had at the beach? Sure, it's the same one. If Best Buy sells it, it's probably the same one. It's officially branded. Here, Here's one okay, Target. So. wonder who makes it. Yeah, it just says Nintendo. Yeah, it's And the, and the, the logos, the packaging is all it's official Switch branding. Huh. That's weird. I just, uh, you know, Nintendo's notorious about just licensing out a bunch of crap. So maybe I'm just misremembering and I thought it was something else. Sorry, please continue. Talk about your your new fancy bag setup. Your portability concerns are now over. You fixed it? Yeah, so now I put I can put a stand, my 8-bit dough, classic controller with the joysticks, and a first-party AC adapter in my Switch case, along with the Switch and, and 10 games. Like the the big old the big old brick? Big old brick. Big old gray brick yep. that comes with the, the dock? That's wild. Dude. Why are you bringing that around? <laughs> very comfortable. Because I can't fit a battery into the case as well, or else I would do a battery and a USB-C Have you seen my, my charger is smaller than that, though. Is it? Yeah. Well, slimmer. I mean, I think it's got... it's got, Obviously, it's got different dimensions, but it's got the fold-out plug, so you don't have to worry about that clipping on stuff, too. Mm-hmm. And you can get as long of a cord as you want. So I've got a six foot, you know, cord, but I've also got a ten foot cord, braided USB C. Oh wow. I, I don't I don't like fucking with third party shit anymore. I did something janky in my switch at one point with a third well, that's party. That's because you had a third party dock. That's what you don't want. Third party power delivery of any kind. That's what the problem is. It's the No, it's re- the dock. It's when it's trying to output a video also. It's got really specific uh power needs when it's doing that. I have never seen a single instance of a, a switch bricking because of playing handheld. I'm sure Reddit could tell us, but as I said last night, I was, you know, I, I really like don't have my backpack. I always, always, always have my backpack with me and I carry a lot of this, the requisite, you know, items for a, a on the go gaming sesh, but I'd like just the idea of everything I need to really like have a, a quality experience on the go. I have in one package. So, you know, I don't necessarily need to haul my backpack. If I'm just going from my parents' place when I'm in town to your place, I don't need to like pack up all this shit and fucking throw my dock and a controller and chargers and a battery. I just, I just grab my little handheld case I can whisk over. Honestly, all I want is a switch case fanny pack. Oh, Kickstarter. Do I smell a good idea? Cause you know what? Sometimes I'm trying to walk out the door with a LaCroix holding my car keys where to put my switch case the khakis i'm gonna have to i'm dual handing i'm swip, i'm swapping stuff out bad news you need you know, a backpack. what if it was attached to my hip you need a good backpack you know what i can't sit down in my car with a backpack take it off I'd and put take it the backpack off and put it uh, what if i'm just wearing it the entire time think about it i don't think you would comfortably be able to sit down with the entire switch in a fanny pack You'd be surprised. I slouch quite a lot. <laughs> Way too obtuse. It'd poke you I in the gut. I sit goods. with my lumbar. <laughs> it, it would poke you in the gunt, Nick. You couldn't do it. Wow, you look very How comfortable. Do I sit like this? Say it louder for the people to hear. How do I sit like this? <laughs> Don't worry, we're good. Yeah, but anyway, I, I keep refining my my switch setup. We'll have to we'll have to compare loadouts 
next time you're up here on Thursday or whatever. Super Smashaboos. Well, I mean, you're coming up before then. That's three weeks away, by the way. I might not see you, though, because someone's been busy being a guy while I'm in town. What, this weekend? Yeah, I'll be back Thursday for the... Well, again, provided... uh, Hopefully, this is not the third show I missed because of work after having already purchased tickets, but... Me and my manager are supposed to be coming to see Dance Gavin Dance Thursday night. And I have ah, Friday off. Yeah. Forgot um, about that show. Uh, and there's a couple we'll other see. shows coming up too. Nat shared with me uh, a tour poster because there's Whitechapel. That uh, might have already happened. Uh, Bunch of like deathcore bands. Look kind of fun. And then there was another one that was like very interesting, but the tour poster he shared with me didn't have like an organ date. And I'm like, oh man, I wish that was coming here. And he's like, it is. They just haven't updated the tour poster which was the same problem I was having with the Acacia Strain after the burial show where they just didn't have an updated tour poster on the freaking venue's website that was hosting the event and they didn't have... Oh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> I feel you. But Terribly I can't remember what the, what the show was. And I'm not going to look at my phone on the podcast. to be awfully rude. Don't you dare. <laughs> what uh, What's next on your list, buddy? Okay. Quick question for you. Yeah. We're recording this on a Monday. Are you going to be getting Spyro Reignited tomorrow? I was trying to angle myself to get it tonight, but there ain't no way Best Buy is doing a midnight release for Spyro. Because we haven't mentioned that game in probably like two months. There's not a lot and to I say. I was hoping that you had forgotten about it so I could blow your mind, but I was wrong. No, I was I'm looking sorry. at it today. I was like, how, how can I pick this up tonight? I wonder if I could, I wonder if I called Best Buy right now. I'd be like, can I pick up Spyro tonight? I doubt it. I just doubt it. And my Walmarts aren't 24 hours around here anymore. Yeah, did you see the Spyro Snoop Dogg video <laughs> floating around? No. Oh. All I saw was a very terrifying gif of a, a really fat dragon and someone had captioned it saying, is this game, was this game like Taylor made for furries or is it just me or something like that? I'm like, okay, yeah. hundred percent. It's a good bit. Good bit, dude. Spyro tomorrow, man. That's what I'll be playing this week for sure. Should have come to Switch. Then maybe I'd play it. Oh, I can't. I honestly can't wait. I'm going to dive right into Ripto's Rage. I ain't even playing the I first one. I give it one. six months until it comes to Switch. Six months? Crash yeah. was like a full year. That was uh exclusivity thing because it came to Xbox One. and I think it came to PC too, didn't it? Or was this Xbox One and Switch? I don't know. It was literally a one-year gap though, so that was clearly an exclusivity thing. PlayStation announced it at PSX, didn't they? Is it also coming to uh, Microsoft or is it just... Spyro is on Xbox One. Oh, also. is it? Okay. Yeah. Weird. Weird. How weird would it be if it came to PC, though, because it's Activision, so it would come to Battle.net. That's just weird, right? It's weird. It's weird. The future is, is terrifying, my friend. Talking about what Spyro, that was uh, Insomniac, right? So an Insomniac the created series that ends up on Battle.net. Like, oh, it's, it's a weird thing, right? It feels wrong. It sounds wrong. I'm it fine with it. Who cares? I mean, it's just as weird as it being on Steam, you know? Valve, the company that made Half-Life. <laughs> What's Half-Life? It's dead. It's super dead. And Half-Life 3 is never The company that made Portal? How about that? Left 4 Dead? We'll keep going. It, fucking all Team 10 Fortress? plus year old games, man. When did Left 4 Dead come out? Left 4 Dead 9? 2 was in the past 10 years. Had uh. to have been. Portal 2 was like 2012, 2011. That was like the same year as Mario Galaxy 1 or 2. Left 4 Dead 2 was released... 2009, motherfucker. 10 fucking years ago, almost. Look at Portal 2. I think that was their last big game. Portal 2 was 2011. Fuck, that was a long time ago, man. Well, I mean, they're just putting out um, Artifact soon. Dota 2 was in that time span also. What were you doing in 2011? What were you doing? You were playing Banjo-Kazooie on an Xbox. I was living with you. 
watching you try to play Skyrim on a tiny CRT. Well, hearing you try to play Skyrim on a tiny CRT, John was watching you. <laughs> uh, by the time John was watching me, I, I had upgraded my 32-inch. The, the big screen? That yeah. gross, gross big screen? No, 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 no. It was a little 32-inch um, uh, joint my parents got me for Christmas. Uh, a little flat screen. <laughs> yeah, it was my first flat screen TV. I was blown away. I was like, oh my God. I was so happy. I was like, I got a legitimate I read flat this screen text. TV. Yeah, dude. It was HD. <laughs> DVD. Fucking great. So yeah, you got one more thing for me? Yes. What you got? I wanted to go over some NPD stuff. Oh, great. Some classic NPD stuff. I've got a few fun little threads. You know how I love the fucking numbers. They really... Not numbers. Just rankings. So like kind of numbers, but like first, second, and third place as opposed to like, oh, whatever million. Data. So I've got best-selling games lifetime for Sega Saturn, Sony PlayStation, Nintendo 64, Game Boy Color, and Sega Dreamcast. Top 10 lists, baby. Do any me. of those pique your interest for the U.S.? Do you, do you want me to be honest or you want me to humor you? <laughs> I want you to humor me. Give it to me. You like Game Boy Color, right? I do. I did. I liked one game on it. That's not true. You like a lot of these games on this on this damn thing. Okay, give it to me. For the Game Boy Color specifically. Okay. Not Game Boy. What do you think is the number one selling game on the Game Boy Color? Um, Like Tony Hawk. You have Hawk. a 50-50 shot of getting this right. <laughs> like Tony Hawk. And it's probably a Pokemon game, but I wanted to go you know, on a ledge. There's no Tony Hawk on this list. <laughs> Disappointing. Boy, it has to be Pokemon. Yes. Pokemon yeah. Silver, number one. Number two? Yeah. Is it Pokemon Crystal? Nope. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, uh, what do we have? Mario games with Mario Deluxe. We had... I'm just going to tell you because you're going to... Okay. Pokemon Gold is number two. Oh, oh that's <laughs> fucking stupid. Okay. See, <laughs> those are the same fucking game. They, that's, yeah, but they separated them. That I means know. that they sold twice as well as number three combined <laughs> which is at least number three was super mario brothers dx oh okay cool, cool, cool. number four pokemon pinball good game wow. i like the game Boy color one uh I, I didn't play it back in the day and I, I can't go back to it it just doesn't hold up for me number five your favorite pokemon game yeah pokemon crystal very good number five really jesus yeah number six Yu-Gi-Oh! dark duel wow if I get hard of the cars, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Number seven was uh, Zelda Link's Awakening. Guessing it's the DX version. Oh, yeah, yeah. DX. A wonderful game. DX. Number eight is Donkey Kong Country for the Game Boy Color. That gross Donkey Kong Country game. How wild is that? Very cool port back in the day. Super cool. I think the Donkey Kong Land games are pretty cool, too. Honestly. And also not as good as Donkey Kong 94, which is a Game Boy game, not a Game Boy Color game. Number nine, Pokemon trading card game. Mm. Pokemon all over this list, dude. Well, I mean, Number yeah. 10, Zelda Oracle of Ages. And you'd assume that Seasons was just a little bit below that. But Ages, I'm guessing sold better because it was blue. Blue. Not that weird red. Literally, that is why I was just thinking. I was like, that's, that's totally it. It's a better color. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say that with authority. Blue is a better color. I liked, I liked the, the weird wood, the weird auburn red that reminded you of literally like being in the forest. Oracle of Seasons. Come on. And man. Seasons was the uh, combat-based game, right? I and Ages is more puzzle-based. They're split up like that. There was also going to be a third game. There was, yeah. I don't remember what the Oracle of was, but it was that third. They had it in the game. It was like that weird tree woman, right? The green one. 
Yeah. Because they're based on, you know, Faror, Nairu, and uh, the other one, Din. Yeah. So Seasons was Din, Ages was Nairu, which they were actually like characters in the game, like Din was the dancer and uh, Nairu was the singer. I never beat those games. They had the cool little little cutscenes. I remember playing those games and being so confused because as a six, seven-year-old, my brain could only really comprehend like hit attack button, go Pokemon. Dude, that, those games came out like 2001. You're like nine years old and those games came out, bro. Uh, okay, I was a retarded nine-year-old. Get off me, dude. <laughs> just, just, just saying. Just saying, dude. No, it wasn't that late, was it? Pretty sure it was 2000 2001. It was late. It was like on the eve of Game Boy Advance. It was early 01, so it would have put me at nine years old. What's up, dude? What's up, dude? No, I would have put. I was eight. I was. I was still eight. That's great because I was. I literally like. I got my Game Boy when I was eight years old, right before my eighth birthday. So that totally tracks. Yeah, yeah. February 01. I would have been. Fucking you got a Game Boy after the Game Boy Advance came out. You, you poor son of a bitch. Yeah, it was my. Um, it was actually my uncle's Game Boy. I used to play Pokemon on it, and then they got Game it. Boy from color. Yeah, it was a teal Game Boy Color. Dude. Eight years old. That's what I had. And then... I had the teal one. And, you know, come May, I uh, got Pokemon Crystal. Remember like it was yesterday. Good times, dude. Good oh, times. Man. All right, what's next on this NPD? Well, Saturn doesn't interest me. Just that it, the best-selling game of all time for the Sega Saturn was Madden NFL 97. Yucktown. You want to go over PlayStation? Oh, yeah. What do you think the best-selling game of all time on the PlayStation is in the U.S.? PlayStation 1? 1. The Sony PlayStation. It's not the PlayStation 1. It's just the Sony PlayStation. Sony PlayStation. Um, Gran Turismo. Close. That's number 2. Uh, NCAA. I don't think they were making... Were they making NCAA games at that point? I don't I know if they started making those till PS2. Uh, what honestly. was it? What was it? Crash Bandicoot. That shocks me that Gran Turismo overall was the best-selling game on the platform. Better uh, selling overseas, like in, especially in Europe. Europe. Europe loves racing games. Yeah. Okay. You can see other racing games on this list, but Crash Bandicoot, then Gran Turismo. Number three, you got yourself Final Fantasy VII. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Number four, Gran Turismo 2. Number five, Crash Bandicoot Warp. Oh. They wrote just Warp. Warp. It's funny. It's warped, right? It's warped. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Past tense. They didn't. Yeah. There's not, they're going to warp. They already did it. <laughs> uh, number six, Tekken 3. Number seven, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater T. Dude, the freaking goat! Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up! That's so good, some rage. Number eight, you got Metal Gear Solid. Number nine, Crash Bandicoot 2. So we got the whole trilogy in the top ten. No Spyro, what in the goddamn? No Spyro. Number ten was Driver. Dude, Driver 2 was my GTA, bro. That was on PS2, wasn't it? Or was it on PS1? PS1, man. Driver 2 on PS1. It was like Driver fucking- was wild about how like it was a technical masterpiece for that system. It was literally an open world fucking... It was GTA, dude. Before GTA. Well, concurrent with GTA, but a different game because GTA yeah. was just a bad top-down game at yeah, that point. Yeah, totally different experience. It was literally... It was like GTA made GTA what it is because they looked at Driver and said, holy fuck, we could do that. It's literally what happened. Like, yeah, I remember when uh, Driver Three wasn't it Drive Threeer. That was the game. <laughs> the three of the know. drive. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I uh, good time. W- when I was uh, in elementary school, I'd go to my you know neighbor's house. Remember Aaron Don? Yep, you remember Aaron Don? Uh, you go to his place to play all the you know the rated M games. 
by the time I was like eight, nine, ten. And just like the the violent ones, or did he have any like scary games too? Um, not that I recall. I never played any scary games. Just the violent ones, the wrestling, the the shooting, the fighting. NWO Revenge or whatever. Oh yeah, I <laughs> definitely had a lot of those fucking, you know, fucking Kane the wrestler and shit was his favorite guy. I don't know, but I remember, you know, in 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 uh, Driver, we'd all take turns basically just doing something you shouldn't do to get the cops coming after you, and you just try to outrun the cops. And I remember this very specific moment, and I remember it so vividly. And we're all, it's just a bunch of neighborhood kids sitting down there, a bunch of older guys. I'm the youngest one there. And, and oh, it must have been Aaron playing, but what he did was there's a, there was a bridge, but it was one of those like very short bridges that's just a really big arch, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like they exist IRL. They're, they're, they're short and, and stumpy and like, you generally don't drive over them. They're like a weird walking bridge. Not, but I, I know you're saying not that small, but but I know clearly yeah. he's using this thing as a ramp. Literally, so this is what he does. The motherfucker's got the cops coming after him. He fucking slams on his brake and spins out right at the base of the bridge, and the cops shoot over him off the bridge and fly over him, and he just turns around and goes back the opposite direction. And I just remember so vividly him at the base of the bridge, the cops flying over him, and he just. The camera flips back like this. Oh man, that game! I still I own that game. I'd be curious if I can play it. I remember the guy had a gun, and you could only see it in the shadow. Like you didn't see the gun in his regular animation, but like if you looked at the shadow, maybe I'm misremembering this. But if you got the the lighting right, you'd see the, the his little gun. This didn't render the gun or something. And or the sh- finger guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you always wondered. It was always like. Oh, if you go do the secret here and you open up this building and you can get a gun, you can actually shoot. Like, no, you fucking can't. This driver, not shooter, okay? No driver on the PS Classic. Actually, I didn't can't even believe I didn't even think about that when we were talking about the PS Classic because that game, I've got memories of that game. Yeah, you're looking at uh, three of these games are on the PS Classic. Almost every single game, I, barring one, every single game on the Nintendo 64 Top 10 I feel like should or would be on the 64 classic. Two of them probably couldn't go. All of them should probably number one, take a wild guess. Oh man. Um, pilot wing 64. Um, no, it's, it's one of the other launch games. (laughs) Yeah. Mario 64. The only other launch game. Yeah. Number two probably wouldn't surprise you very much either but I could see you getting it mixed up with the number three. It's either Mario Kart 64 or Donkey Kong 64, right? No. Neither? Goldeneye is number two. That shocks me, actually. Goldeneye sold that well. Yeah, dude. Wow. Goldeneye was pretty ubiquitous with the system, especially in the US. I'm just thinking like it's got either a 3D platformer or Mario Kart. Dude, honestly, people probably remember the video game better than they remember the movie in like general. (laughs) I, I don't think I've ever seen the movie. I think more people have played that game than, than have seen the movie. Number three is Mario Kart 64. Okay. Number four is Zelda Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Number five is Pokemon Stadium. Wow. Okay. Number six is Donkey Kong 64. Yeah. Number seven, Star Fox 64. Okay. Number eight, Super Smash Bros. Super Smash Bros. Fucking go, motherfucker. I do love the intro to that game the best because of how he paces out. Just the super smash brothers. <laughs> it's just 
intonation wise feels good ace i almost ace, dude i almost want to hear i want him to super smash push <laughs> like the fucking the <laughs> like basketball uh, guy <laughs> top 10 <laughs> nba nba.com <laughs> number nine is diddy kong racing diddy kong great game and number 10 star wars shadow of the empire wow awful game not great doesn't Early hold game. up it was on the box for the n64 before it came out wow that game is a 97 game Dude, video games from like 1987 to fucking 2005 were just a lawless fucking wasteland it's true almost two decades of just whatever the fuck you wanted man nothing made sense nintendo made that controller and they made it in a hundred colors bad they made that console in a hundred colors <laughs> It came with a RAM expansion pack optional. Dude, doubled your RAM, dude. And you needed it to play a few of these games. That's crazy. Two. Well, Majora's Mask isn't on the top. Oh, list, it's not. So list, you needed it for one DK of those 64, games. you needed it. But it was sold with it at least. Yeah, yeah. I had this crazy dream. And I've been having crazy dreams lately. It's, I don't know if it's because I've been drinking more whiskey or because I sleep less. And I, I don't know what it is. But um, it was a string of weird dreams. One of my dreams, I was moving into a new office. One of my dreams, my grandpa was alive, and that was bizarre. And then the other dream, squished between those two, I am at Goodwill looking through their used video games. And <laughs> the, it was basically like, in my dream, I couldn't afford anything. And so I was just looking and not really caring what was there. And about halfway through, I'm like, oh, I see. Oh, here's a box of... of um, you know, whatever. I don't know what in my mind. I remember it being like something rare and like, like it would be a really cool, uh, goodwill find. I just want to be like, Oh, whatever, whatever, whatever. And someone said like, Oh, anything you find, if you touch it, you got to keep it. And so I'm like, what? And so I'm scrambling through pulling things out, looking for stuff. And I found like this clear zip up case. It was like a zip up bag, but it was see through. And it had an N64 and a bunch of dope games, but the N64 was a smoke gray console and the edge, like the, you know, how the N64 kind of flared out at the front, like this weird, like like a weird curvy, curvy boy. Yeah. Kind of those edges on the front were like melted and like, like folded in. And I remember just being like, Oh no. So hot. Well, I don't know what it was, but just like such a specific, such a detailed, like it was melting. I pulled it out, but then I found all these games don't you own the smoke gray console? I do. And you know what? Probably where I got that fucked up smoke gray console my dream from is I have a smoke gray console and that edge is just bashed in on one of them. But like, yeah. I don't know why it was like melted and rounded all weird, like a weird fucked up horseshoe. I don't know, man. It was really weird. <laughs> That's like some Salvador Dali N64 style. Dude, it was so, so benign. Just like, were you also being uh, stung by a giant tiger and some pomegranates? Oh, there was a clock, but it was also a pussy. I don't know, man. Things were weird. Nice. <laughs> Thank you for following me on that journey. I appreciate that so much. <laughs> all right. All right. And then this other list I wanted to just blaze through really quick. I just thought it was very dumb and interesting to me. Okay. It is the top three for each year going back to 1995 when NPD started tracking. Oh, my God. Physical sales. And then like in the middle, it gets kind of weird because digital starts blowing up, but they don't have like the info from digital until like more recently. So it's like grain of salt, I guess. But in 1995, the best selling game of that year was Mortal Kombat 3, followed by Donkey Kong Country and then NBA Jam Tournament Edition. 
NBA Jam. <laughs> You're goddamn. He's on right. fire. He's on fire. Heating up. Boom shakalaka. Uh, best-selling games in 96, Mario 64, obviously. Madden NFL 97, that's when you're going to start seeing that a lot. Well, maybe not for a while, actually. And then DKC2 was the third best-selling game. Okay. Because those were yearly for a while there. Uh, 97, Mario Kart 64 was the best-selling game, followed by Super Mario 64 and then Star Fox 64. Banner year for the N64, software-wise. The only one. 98, we get... Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, followed by GoldenEye 007, and then WWF Warzone. Nice. World Wildlife Foundation, bitch. 99, we got DK64, Pokemon Red, and Pokemon Blue. Ugh. 2000, we got Pokemon Stadium, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and Madden NFL 2001. Mm, the sports games, man. 2001, we got Madden NFL 2002. Grand Theft Auto 3 and THPS 2. It's weird seeing those names right by each other because Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 was still a PS1 game. PS1 launched that year, but I think the Tony Hawk came out before the PS2 launch because PS2, that launched in spring. Oh, I don't remember. I think it was spring. My brother got it for his birthday the following year. I'm an old man. Because we had the GameCube first. 2002, we're not going to see GameCube for shit in any of this. Zero GameCube games, I think. 02, uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, followed by Madden NFL 03, and Grand Theft Auto 3. Still best-selling game. 03, you got Madden, Need for Speed Underground. Great game. Maybe. Uh, I only played it. I stopped playing after Hot Pursuit, so... People liked Underground, though. The closest I ever got to playing that game was Mario Kart Double Dash, the one track where you're racing in the city with the traffic. Need for Speed Underground, too. <laughs> yeah, that's that game it's like the evolution of toad turnpike i yeah, can't remember exactly. that, that uh that level yeah then end of the matrix wow um, yeah. yeah i mean matrix was hot i guess that i don't know anything about that game except for just that bad uh deus ex looking like cover because it tried to look like neo but i think they might have used like, a game render for the cover or i don't know if they used the movie the like, cover, cover if i recall is literally just the the name of the game with the fucking code you're thinking of God, the movie poster, just shitty well, Neo in a fucking trench coat. I mean, coat. there's like, there's Matrix, other Matrix games. Enter Matrix, the video game. Maybe they did. Like, so there's th- ones with like the likenesses of all the characters, and like, there's actually, uh, like those guys are doing the voices in the game and everything. So, the the most ubiquitous c- uh, cover was just, yeah, just Enter the Matrix um, with the code zipping around. But there's a cover here also with the game renders of two of the characters. You must not be Neo in this game. Might not be. There were other Matrix games around that time. I mean, that was before the trilogy was even over, right? First movie was 99, 2000? I don't know, man. It was a bad time for CG, man. Revolutionary time, bro. A bad time. Flipping around Yodas and shit. Uh, 04, get Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Nice. Halo 2 and Madden. 05, you got Madden. Star Wars Battlefront 2. Ooh. My guy. Baby. And then Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Uh, great game, actually. A little uh, 2D uh, arena fighter. Not 2D, but you, you fought. <sighs> like Tekken style? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a side-on? Yeah, but like it, it was like run. it was faux 3D where like you're in this arena and had all these destructible elements. And it was this weird hybrid. Hmm. Played the shit out of it, though. Well, that's like the end of the PS2 era. 
So we move on to 06 with Madden NFL again. So that's it. That's, that's always Gears of War. And then NCAA football 07. Is it the last so, year? No, nope. it wasn't the last year. Last year was 14. What? For NCAA? Yeah. Wow. Huh. I'm not sure if it came, it didn't come out in current generation because those games released in August. The Madden games do. I don't know about NCAA. It might be. Actually, I think NCAA is spring. I have no idea. I think they stagger it that way. I don't I don't anyway. remember. It's been so long. Uh, 07, Guitar Hero 3, Madden, and Guitar Hero 2. Great games, man. Seriously. High school, man. 08, we got Rock Band, Guitar Hero World Tour, and We Fit. Boo. Funny time. Just the peripherals these games had. A lot of plastic cluttering around the house. Fucking balance boards. So Guitars, fucking, drum sets, microphones. How many games did you buy that had a microphone? We had SingStar. I had zero of them. <laughs> zero of them because I was an intelligent consumer. Yeah, yeah. You're an intelligent consumer when you were a sophomore in high school. Fuck yeah, dude. Oh, nine. We got Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. And that starts the, the lineage of uh, Call of Duties. We Fit, number two, and We Fit Plus, number three. 2010, we got Call of Duty Black Ops. Followed by Halo Reach and We Fit Plus. 2011, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Good game. Followed by The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim and Ooh. Madden. Sends shivers down my spine. I think Modern Warfare 3 is the uh, Call of Duty I played the most. Uh, Yeah, we when we lived together, we played a lot of that. I think Jed had Black Ops, but after he was like doing his basic training stuff, he we didn't play it. I think he didn't have it at the house. Uh, 2012, we got Black Ops 2, Halo 4, and then Madden. 2013, got Grand Theft Auto 5, then Call of Duty Ghosts, then Madden. So it's just Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto for a while. That tracks. Call of Duty Destiny, Grand Theft Auto. Call of Duty, Grand Theft Auto. Star Wars Battlefront. Call of Duty Battlefield, The Division. Call of Duty Ooh. 2K and Destiny 2. Just a lot of Call of Duties. So a lot of people are wondering whether or not uh, Call of Duty will be able to beat uh, Red Dead Redemption this year. Yeah, because as will. you can see, Red Dead Redemption One did not tra- did not like chart, but Rockstar is a giant company and they know how to market. And that game's already sold 17 million copies. Uh, uh, that game can't be that good. It doesn't have to be good for it to be that big. No, but it's just... Grand Theft Auto V wasn't like setting the world on fire about how great it was. It was just like, everybody buys it. GTA V was still keeps great. buying it. I'm I sure it like got Metacritic game. 90, but like it's not like you're not getting perfect 10s. Yeah, whatever. That's that's silly. A game doesn't have to be scored well for it to be a huge seller. Call of Duty isn't like a great game every year, but it's like everyone buys it. No, they're not mutually exclusive, but you know, uh, uh, like Ocarina of Time gets perfect scores. Like GTA 5 is a better fucking game in every way than Ocarina of Time, even though it's scored lower. Like, so you, you gotta take it with Ocarina of Time was the best selling game of that year that it came out. Yet it was number what? Four or five on the best selling list? Well, it was Lifetime. Number five, I think. Huh. What well, came out the year that Ocarina of Time came out? Number four. Ocarina of Time. Um, you also got Half Life. Um, Metal Gear Solid was on the list of uh, PS1 bestsellers, and that was the. That came out in 98. Hmm. The more you know. 98 was also Banjo-Kazooie, but that didn't chart on N64 Lifetime, so. Which is shocking because you look at that list and are there really nine games, ten games better than Banjo-Kazooie? Probably not. In the bestsellers? Doesn't have to be a good game to chart and to sell well. 
so. helps to be recognizable. I mean, that's partially why like Donkey Kong sold that well. Donkey Kong 64, I don't think, is a better game than either of the Banjo games. Yeah, Purely I agree. from like a mechanic standpoint, but because it had Donkey Kong, it was more popular. And that was later. That was like 99, I believe. We have not gotten a game like that from Donkey Kong ever. What? Like 3D? Yeah, 3D, no. 64. That's That was completely... As complete one-off. Yeah. Very bizarre. Well, Rare, I mean, they didn't have Rare for much longer after that. You got like like a few more games out of them. You got some handheld kind of conversions. You got Conquer. You got Star Fox Adventure. And then after that, they're a Microsoft company. So there wasn't a lot more time left for that. Yeah, like Perfect Dark. I think that was in there too. Not sure if that was before or after DK64. Dude, it'd be cool if Rare Replay could come to the Switch. That would be cool. I agree. And then you could get like... A rare replay too, where you're getting some of the classic rare games, and you're getting DK and Diddy Kong. Yeah, like you get some of those Nintendo IPs in there. Yeah, I mean that'd be Donkey Kong. I think really was like their only Nintendo IP that they worked on. Yeah, because beyond that, everything else was them themselves. You know, they're doing arcade stuff too. They're doing like Killer Instinct and Battle Toads, and um, that one racing game I can't remember the name of something Rally. I think I don't know. Not V Rally. Wave Racer. Let's bring back Wave Race. That was first party, wasn't it? They can't get the license to those dolphins. <laughs> Dude, very exclusive dolphins. <laughs> the wave physics. Uh, Mind yeah. blowing. Well anyway, I just I'm tickled by like best selling games and like the monthly updates and like the year to date stuff. I'm just that stuff is interesting to me. Because it gives me a better perspective on like what the actual popularity of these things are. Right. You know? I totally understand. I am not as intrigued. I'm intrigued by the older stuff. Back when, again, it was this fucking lawless wasteland. Nothing went chuck, man. Everything it was unpredictable. And it's fascinating to learn what people were like and what the industry was like then. But now it's all just, we know what to expect now, I feel like. There's a formula to it. There's a science. There's a methodology. Not as yeah. exciting. It's easy to guess like the top three, but then it's nice to see other games succeed. Like recently Dragon Quest Eleven came out. That came out in September. And I think they reached four million worldwide sales. Jesus. Which is great. You know how many of those were outside of Japan? Six hundred thousand. <laughs> None of them. So this I like insight like that. Yeah. It interests me. And I wonder how those numbers will be affected when it comes out on Switch, if that's where the JRPG people are now. I don't know. I don't that's know. Sony, I buy it. Sony's got that market on lockdown still, man. The previous best-selling Dragon Quest game was on the DS. So, oh, well, that tracks. No, you're wrong. Fuck me. <laughs> anyway, this has been the Console Crusade podcast. I still can't. You know how hard it is to say Console Crusade? It's so hard. You Console just have to Crusade. slow down a little bit. I'm not a slow Console man. Crusade. It's the Console Crusade podcast. Find us on Twitter. You know, it's harder to say. Crusade. It's harder to say console underscore crusade. That's <laughs> <laughs> really tough. Uh, we'll get we'll wait th- we'll we'll get that handle. I swear that guy's got to get the, their account deleted. Really, I've soon. been saying that about the guy who owns eJiggle on both Xbox and Twitch now for five fucking years, and I'm still eJig one e. Yeah, it's just that on Xbox they they hold the, they only recently did a like universal name reset, and it was only if people hadn't been active in like the past ten years. It's absurd. Because they they launched Xbox Live in like 2002. People have had usernames with Xbox for almost 20 years. That's fucked up. 
That's fucked up. Uh, the Xbox Crusade podcast. Find us. I'm Eddie Jiggle. This is at Press Till Death. I am a tired boy, and I'm really pissed I have to edit a two-hour podcast. Give me a ka-chow. Ka-chow me out of here, boyo. Uh, I'm just going to drag and drop a, uh, a ka-chow from the, the hit video game Putt-Putt, where he never says ka-chow. I swear to God, you've got to be wrong about that. You've got to be. Oh, man. <laughs> we'll find You're out. just mixing up the movie Cars with the video game Putt-Putt because they both star living talking cars <laughs> except putt putt has headlamp eyes and cars have windshield eyes windshield eyes are way worse way worse i don't like the headlight eyes it makes me think of chevron with tecron <laughs> yeah dude that's exactly who is it. tecron <laughs> putt putt dude putt putt went rogue or or um that one talking car from the old hanna-barbera cartoons that had a episode in a harvey birdman attorney at law it's beyond my knowledge, sir. It's like sputtering. It's like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It's awful. Anyway, count me out of here. <laughs>